I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Are you ready for the news with a side of Bell Pepper? Seriously, what the f*** are you doing? It's time for Trend Lightly. No, God, please, no, no! With America's sweetheart. With America's sweetheart. The Queen, the Queen of Glendale. Of Glendale. Wait a minute. Who are you? The Irish American Tornado. Surprise, motherfucker. Molly McAleer. Molly McAleer. Welcome back to Trend Lightly. My name is Molly McAleer, and I am joined today by my co host, Tiffany Maddox. Hey, girl. Hey, how's it going? It's going well. It's going well. I feel good. No angry UTI information to open up with or anything like that. So, you know, that's a win for me always. How are you doing? How's your foot career? Same. I mean, again, don't have a UTI. Foot career is going well. It is a lot. It definitely is a lot. I'm still waiting to be verified on some foot specific websites. I think it's because I sent the ugliest verification selfie. But yeah, I mean, I haven't started making the money yet, but I know that money will flow. I've got a steady stream of followers. There's a very sweet young man who wants to smell my feet. And I've had a video of somebody masturbating in the shower to them. So it's all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's I don't want to see that. No, I didn't. That's going to be the hard part for me is like, and do they know if you didn't watch it? Yeah. So you kind of yeah. like have to leave it open and leave the room, right? Yeah. I was like, ah, that's, I've got to go now. I've got to go now. I was, I was being like very polite about it. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Um, I've got to leave, but you crack on. 
<laughs> was it alive? I think I think it was happening, yes, as it was happening. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, listen, if I want to make it big, I'm going to have to suck it up and be an adult. <laughs> but that is hard for me. I've never I don't I don't think I've ever been sent a dick pic ever in my life. Oh, well this could be. I'm surprised actually. I'm surprised given your um cachet on the internet that you haven't had unsolicited pictures. I'm surprised too, especially like having been on dating apps and stuff and I don't know what it is about me. Like part of me is like maybe I'm too ugly to get a dick pic or maybe no. I cuz I don't think yeah, I don't think that's how it works. I don't think they're like, you know, oh, she's way too ugly. I'm not going to bother sending her my dick. I don't think that's how it works. <laughs> if anything, too beautiful and, and unapproachable and aloof. Maybe that's what it is. Potentially. Or I think that maybe like everyone knows I'm a fucking loudmouth, and <laughs> that if you send me a picture of your dick, I'll probably post it on the internet. Or yeah. my friend Max and I had a thing going for a while because he gets quite a few dick pics where we were considering making a quilt out of all the different dick pics he gets that's lovely yeah so maybe it could be that I have no idea but I do feel I don't feel left out that's not me asking you to send me a dick pic I don't feel left out I just have always wondered what that is about me yeah yeah I mean I haven't for quite some time and I don't think I ever really got a whole bunch I don't know I feel like when I was more present on the internet we were definitely not in an era where it was that sending dick pics was like the thing. It was more just like, like telling me how like I was ruining everything. <laughs> like just it was a barrage of hate. So I didn't get many dicks. But yeah, I don't know. I wonder why. I wonder why you're not getting your inboxes flooded. And yeah, definitely don't take that as a prompt. Oh, it's not an invitation. Yeah. No. <laughs> don't, don't do that. Like, because every reason I can think of, like, comes back to some sort of personality defect of mine, and they're all true. Like, if I'm telling you, (laughs) if I'm telling you that I'm going to blast that everywhere, I would not take that as an invitation. But wait a minute. Can we brag for a second? Yeah, go on. One of our predictions came true. Oh, yes. Well, I've actually, I don't know if you saw, I've started a little Twitter thread to collect information of stuff that might be true in our predictions I've pinned it to my Twitter which no one's allowed to see just so I can keep track of the news because it looks like we're off to a roaring start yeah I mean we kind of did cast a wide net which is always gonna you know help but and this isn't the celebrity I want I told you this this is Mm. not I I want someone bigger I don't want it to be Katie Holmes but I want it to be someone of that stature apparently Evangeline Lilly she Mm. attended that big anti-vax rally the one where rfk jr who's married to cheryl hines how did i not know that Hmm. compared vaccine mandates to the holocaust she i don't know i guess is like proud to be a anti-vaxxer is she like a victoria's secret supermodel slash actress evangeline i i knew her from i mean i didn't i think i didn't get beyond like the first season of lost so i wouldn't know but i know that she was in that wasn't she and do you know what this is one of those celebs that like doesn't surprise me that she would go this deep like she's like just famous enough but also a little bit on the fringes and like i could if you had a lineup and you're like which of these celebs is anti-vax i think i would have picked her yeah i mean well they wouldn't have had vaccines on that island (laughs) 
<laughs> well, maybe if they were vaccinated, they wouldn't have had a plane crash. Did you watch Lost? Only like the first season. And I'm glad I didn't commit more time to it. Yeah, I liked the polar bears. I don't know. I think maybe the polar bears were like around the time that I dipped out. But I started to realize that this was going to have some fantastical elements to it that I'm not comfortable with. Mm. Like They had a great promo. I remember they had an amazing promo for the first season. Incredible. It was like the same sort of energy that was around that show Heroes. Mm-hmm. But Lost was way bigger. But it had this sort of like, you know, that NBC high budget one hour show that yeah. and this was like it was a, an appointment TV sort of. Yeah. Yeah. Era. And I remember the golden age of at like the beginning of what would become the box sets. And it was like that. I remember very, very clearly like the lost box set and the like the Sopranos box set were like staples in any sort of good middle class home that spent their weekends watching box sets or like any guy you ever hook up with in your life (laughs) always has those yeah okay but then this is another little story we're just gonna talk about at the top so Liam Payne I guess from One Direction the fictional band One Direction (laughs) (laughs) he started a new Twitter account just to talk about NFTs which I appreciate I I think that more people should do this because like being a crypto bro like me, for example, or being into a- AMC, it can be very exhausting for the regular people it on is, your timeline. Yeah. Like yeah. the Wordle thing is bad enough that I put people through that every day. Yeah. But I I want to be able to like tweet about my crypto and tweet about my, you know, different, I guess, gambling investments. And I was I was uh, interested that he did this. I thought this was a really smart move. Yeah, and again, not a surprising turn of events. Of all of the One Direction people, I would have put I would have put some money. I would have put some Bitcoin on it being Liam because I feel like Harry's not. He's not going to do that. Like he would be an NFT, but he's not going to be a, become a crypto bro. <sighs> Niall doesn't doesn't understand what an NFT is. And the other one, you know, the other one. Zane. Zane. Yeah, he's too busy doing uh, the drama. And then isn't there a Louis? Louis wouldn't either. Louis's like a nice boy from Yorkshire. So of course it's Liam. Yeah, wasn't he the one? Isn't Liam the one that everyone thought was dating Harry? Not every, sorry, not everyone thought. (laughs) (laughs) Teenagers on Tumblr thought that he was dating like Harry Styles and it was a secret relationship that's like the other side of the Swift Grand coin or the Kaler coin yeah but then I I always thought it was Louis because but wasn't it called Larry but it would make sense that it was Liam I think it was Liam or or do they both have blue eyes well the one I think Louis the one that's got slightly floppy hair floppier hair and Liam's more like traditional man just average guy let me look up Liam and Harry on my phone because I – well, we have to get to the bottom of this mystery. I know. This is important. The rest of the show is canceled. Yeah. because oh, oh, no. It was Louis Tomlinson Louis, because yeah. they called him Larry Styleson or something. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. You're right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know these boys. I don't know. No information on that. But this is a great – this is a great thing. 
My thing with NFTs is this. We don't know enough about them to be talking the amounts of shit that people are. Mm. Like, it's to me, it's like you have to be nice to the robots. Like, I would never be rude to an Alexa. No, definitely not. You have to say thank you. You can't be like, fuck you, you know, Google Home or whatever. You have to be nice because in case they do wind up locking us in our houses, like you want to be on the right side of that and know like, okay, this robot knows I've always been appreciative. Maybe they'll cut me a break. But the NFT thing, it's like, to me, it's too early for people to be so flippant about it. And I know that a lot of these celebrity NFT deals are whoever's making them just basically gives them away to the celebrity. And it's always, especially they do that too with like coins. Um, They'll just like give a celebrity a shit ton of some sort of like rare coin or, you know, just some new alt coin and then they'll promote it and they'll cash out when everyone's buying in. But I don't know. I feel like with NFTs, talk to me in five years. If, if they're yeah. like beanie babies in five years, it's just too soon to say that they're completely worthless. Yeah, or that actually the way that we use that tech is just going to be fundamentally different in five years time. Like people can't see, well, you can't see what's on the horizon. You know, I, if I was thinking about myself at my family PC on Encarta and then, you know, going to the cbbc children's website to look at their learning resources i could not and try to burn things from limewire onto a floppy disk like i couldn't <laughs> have predicted spotify at that point it's like we don't know what that tech's gonna do and become in a few years time and also like the discourse is really boring like i feel the same way about nft jokes as you feel and i actually also feel about pete davidson jokes on twitter it's like yeah I know, right click save. Like we've all heard the fucking joke, like the screenshot joke, like get another joke. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It feels like, yes. And like, that's such a simple, like it's, it's a, it's a joke you already know isn't going to age well for one reason or another. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, if you're, if you want to like play dumb, just play dumb, but like it's, you're not just buying an image. You know what I mean? It's like, I, I don't, Yeah, I don't know. But I also get incredibly frustrated. And who am I to talk? Because my crypto is fucking bleeding right now. Oh, I know. AMC and crypto both in the toilet. I can't even look. Fucked. Wait, but like, I don't look. I'm not in our Discord. I'm not doing it. I don't go in there because I I just know. I just know. And so do you think AMC is going to have a rebound? The shorts haven't covered, Molls. That's what I keep saying to myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the shorts haven't covered. Do we know like when the next big date is? No dates, say Reddit. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, I'm not sure. It does feel, I mean, look, I've been, I've been burned and fucked before, but look, crypto will recover. So like, I, I feel less the the thing about crypto is like for me when it takes a dip it's always so significant that like it feels like you're getting stabbed but the wound always feels like a superficial painful wound like not like something that's actually going to kill you because you're like well I'll heal from this and actually I'll be stronger and better in a few months time like crypto always recovers like it finds its way like it finds its balance we're buying algo guys we're buying algo 
That's what I'm saying, though. But, like, no, truthfully, Tiff, it does suck when rich people are like, no, it's a great time to buy. It's like, my money's already in there. I know. <laughs> like, what, what What am I supposed to be putting in? You have it all. Yeah, you have it. And, like, it's just – it's always rich people who say that, and it just is like, fuck you. Like, I'm down 60%, to- oh. I think, overall on crypto right now. I had to turn off notifications because I think I had notifications set for, like, certain wild price movements. And I was getting too many notifications and I was like, you know what? Just don't, I don't want to know. Yeah, don't tell me. Don't wake me up for this. Yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a rough time out there, but congrats, Liam Payne. Good for you. Okay, this movie star, the movie star in me essay that came out. This is, this is an essay that I don't, I'm not seeing this get the play on Twitter, for example, that. I think that it would normally. Hmm. Hmm. That's a good point. I only saw it because you sent it to me and somebody else I know had read it, but that's because she's a heavy Swifty, but she's not on Twitter. So I was like, where, so where is this being passed around? Do you know? I, I don't know if you can see like a read count or anything on it yet, but I will say that if this was probably in almost any other area except for theater, this would probably be a much bigger deal. But because it's theater, let's be real, it's a smaller percentage of the population who cares. Mm. There's no, I don't think you can see how many views something has, but the writer of this, the author of this only has about, yeah, I guess it's, there's, there's 1.4 thousand reactions to it. And she has more recently 188 followers this is on Medium. And a lot of sharing on Facebook. Apparently, I just did a little shared count search. Apparently, it's had like uh, 1.7k shares with loads of comments. So I'm wondering if like a page with a lot of followers maybe shared it. Yeah, and I think it is popping up in the Swifty community a lot because allegedly this piece, it seems, is written about Jake Gyllenhaal. Enemy number one. And once again, we must ask the question, should Jake Gyllenhaal live? <laughs> I'm kidding. But I mean, listen, the man's fine. I do. I'm I'm very I've always been very attracted to him. He's like, that's a he's a weakness for me. Mm. And I thought this essay was written in a really like, I don't know, like, so the author was 23 when this happened, I think. And I thought this I mean, she was aware in some sense of how odd it was that this older man, I guess they all were in the same sort of theater community. She was an intern. He is a movie star. And basically he just like, you know, kind of picked her and was like relentlessly hitting on her. Mm. And it wound up being just like one of those typical, very upsetting, not illegal, but very upsetting and damaging sort of relationships that young women might enter into with any older man, but especially a, a much older man. Yeah. And so, you know, it's a, it's a long read. It's a long read. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of like confused why this isn't getting more traction because she basically spelled, spelled out who this was about. Yeah. Broadway Bob on TikTok did a pretty good job describing it. So let's play his little wrap up. Have y'all read this article? It's on medium.com. You can Google it. It is yikes. It's a very well-written account of this woman's experience as an intern on a high-profile Broadway revival a few seasons ago. Um, 
it's written by a composer who recently passed, and uh, this revival uh, starred a very fancy, very famous individual. No names are listed in this article, by the way. Uh, and this very fancy lead actor uh, used his power to emotionally manipulate this young intern, this woman, to do things that she felt very uncomfortable doing. If that's not concerning enough, to me, what's even more concerning is that in this article, there are three women who are um, who are mentioned that are high-profile women in the industry who encourage this behavior um, by the intern, and it sounds like by the actor. Are you thinking about getting into Dungeons & Dragons? Maybe you're looking to expand your horizons as a DM or a player. If that's the case, then it's time for you to check out the Dungeon Cast, the best D&D podcast out there that helps you passively learn all about the game just by listening. Find the Dungeon Cast anywhere you get podcasts or on YouTube. <laughs> Sorry. Um, tickle on my throat. Read it. It's quite something. Hmm. Everyone's talking about that cough as if it was a big giveaway for something. I did not hear a name mentioned there. Did you hear anything in that cough? Well, only because I'd already... I'd already read the subtext of who it was, so I was hearing it was like a Rorschach test. It was a Rorschach cough. I heard what I wanted to hear. <laughs> it was. Yeah, I wonder if yeah, I mean to me the only thing I can make sense of is to why this isn't getting more traction. Because I feel like if this was written by a you know, I feel like if this was written about almost any other medium, if this was a musician who did this in some sort of like, I don't know, to some sort of like groupie or like in some others, like, you know, studio setting, or if this was an actor who did this on a set, that would be totally different. But I think truly, there's just like not enough interest in theater. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that very much so. There's something very, I don't know, there's something quite prohibitive about it. Like the world that's built in the story is not one that I'm familiar with, that feels familiar to me. Like the behavior like the behavior of everyone in the story is not something that I am used to seeing. I haven't spent a lot of time in the theater working in the theater. So yeah, I think that's, that's another thing you can kind of imagine. Like we know, like we, we kind of all have an awareness of like what Hollywood is like, especially post the sort of Weinstein era. And so we can know and imagine that terrible things will happen. I don't know. It, it's it's a little. Oh, I also think like the length is is a little prohibitive as well, and it yeah. does. It's quite a like you really have to wade through this read to find the to find the bits and the nuggets because there's just a lot of text. I mean, it's not. It's definitely not good behavior. I was kind of really grossed out by it. Like just generally seeing the behavior of Jake Gyllenhaal, like even in the. The moments where he wasn't being, you know, manipulative and using his, well, maybe he was all the way through, but, you know, there's a bit where he's like sort of tired and like laying his head on her lap and it just feels really childlike and like very unsexy, I have to say. <laughs> like, no, I know. It's deeply. such a boner kill. Like the yeah. idea of he was like laying under her desk one day and it's like, mm. I mean, you know me, I talk about this a lot. It's like a lot of these guys act like sweaty toddlers who just woke up from a nap and are like, mm, I can barely enunciate, but I just want to like tell you, you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> like you're an, you're a famous actor, like go, I don't know, get injected with some sort of IV that's going to buy you energy, like, or maybe yeah. stay home or something. But like, it, yeah, that kind of I don't know, and and it makes it also feel like theater's very small town in a in a way that's like they need him so mm. badly mm. 
because her boss at one point when he was laying his head on her shoulder texted her like are you okay and she was like yeah i'm fine and she was like you're our you know you're our girl like we need you and it's like why like why do you need her like i don't i don't understand i guess i don't understand the desperation but i think that that's the epitome of theater energy right yeah for sure but I think they were like calling her like some sort of muse and I I find it kind of gross the behavior of like everybody who was pandering to this sort of charade for want of a better word. Like the whole thing just smells of the gross pandering and the whole thing as anyway just feels like it's ripped from the pages of Wattpad because it's like oh of course like girl who you know young woman who grows up seeing this person's movies and then suddenly she's like the source of of all of his inspiration and stuff it's like it's rife and ready for exploitation absolutely well wait can I ask you a question about so at the beginning of the essay Mm -hmm. she talks about how they first met and he said something to her about how where have I seen you before you look so familiar to me and Mm. she said actually I saw you once when I came to see my mom at one of her boxing lessons, which is just, there was a time and it might still be going on, but there was a time in Hollywood and that I'll extend that to like New York's Hollywood where like everyone with money was boxing. Like that was the (laughs) go-to thing to do. If you needed to work out, if you needed to do anything, everyone was boxing. And so that it lines up time-wise with like why some actor might be doing boxing in like a group setting well Beyonce does sneak into soul cycle from what I've heard I'm sure so, yeah they're just known for this behavior these celebrities Jake Gyllenhaal's known for his soul cycle behavior too like is that's it? what I've, yeah that's what I've seen on Dumois is that like he has shown up like late a few times or like thrown fits when he doesn't get his bike <laughs> Or whatever. The more I learn about this boy, like, it doesn't matter if he's, like, objectively, physically attractive. Like, everything he does is so deeply unattractive. Especially, like, doesn't he, like, not bathe, too? He's just, like, this stinky, moody, like, fuckhead. Probably. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think none of these boys bathe, if I'm being honest with you. And they can't stop bragging about it. (laughs) That's the weirdest part. Like, you know, I don't care what your, like, you know, biological reason is for that. Like, it all comes down for them. Like, they've justified it with science, you know? But no, period. Well, like, you, it does not <laughs> helping also, as a white person, that's not helping our cause when you no. talk about that. It's not. Because, like, then we're going to get bullied en masse, and rightfully so, <laughs> for, like, smelling like loose change and dogs. And, like, I just can't. I just, guys, you got to help us out here. Like, I know we're never going to get all white people on the same page. If there's one thing true about us, it's that. But I, yeah, it, dri- it, drives, me, it drives me nuts, this, like, non-bathing thing. But he says to her, like, that's where I saw you. I remember thinking, like, who is this? Who is who's this adorable girl or this beautiful girl like going to see her mom at boxing class? And she says something to the effect of like, oh, well, my mom's really beautiful too. Which first of all, that would be my response. If some guy said that, I'd be like, yeah, oh, you probably were actually noticing my pretty mom. That's probably what I would say. But this is, this is the thing. She was like a literal teenager when this happened. 
Do you think that he remembered her from that boxing class for real? Or is this just like, is that just he's lying? Because like, you know. That's a good question. That's a good question. I I saw a picture of her. She's, She's very pretty. But I don't know if she's like super... Like she's so distinctive that she'd be super memorable. So I wonder if it's just like a thing that he was lying about to gain favor. Cause I'm sure that, I don't know. Jake Gyllenhaal himself is probably always being noticed in public spaces. And probably at that point you don't make significant connections and notice other people because you're the center of that universe. Mm-hmm. Yep. I don't know. If it and it's gross either way because either he was like keeping a mental rolodex of very young women in his mind, or he was lying to, I don't know, manipulate and gain favor. Why are you looking at teenagers? Yeah, why? You should like you know if you ever make eye contact with a teenager, you should like you know completely avert your eyes as quickly as possible. <laughs> Anyone, I say that to myself. <laughs> But yeah, I don't know. Too. Don't. I'm going to link all of that. All of these links are always in the description if you're new to our show. So go read that piece if you want to know more. Well, let's do a little fun. This is fun for me. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have been back in back on my Etsy bullshit and I bought like a bunch of ugly jewelry the other night. And then I was like, what are some other things I can look for that might fill the hole? And that's what I'm trying to do all the time. So I decided to look for a gluten-free sourdough bread starter, and I found one. It's by Sourdough Sourdough. They made quite a few sales, 4.9, re- you know, review, over 12,000 sales. So it says gluten-free sourdough, and it's spelled, sourdough is spelled with like a zero <laughs> instead of an O. <laughs> bread starter, San Francisco, parentheses. S-A-M-M, capitalized, lowercase y, plus recipes, and then just the at sign. It sounds like drugs. <laughs> exactly. And so I'm sitting here like, um, is this, what is this? Like, what am I, would I be buying? Yeah, drugs. Exactly. But again, they have a really successful page. I'm looking through their reviews, and it does seem like most people are responding with some sort of like bread. So I think bread is being made here. But there's a description that absolutely blew my mind. And I just, I sent it to Tiffany and I was just like, okay. So our private website, Zourdough, has hundreds of recipes waiting for you. You will receive dried pulverized starter, fresh, warm, tasty, gluten-free sourdough bread right out of your own oven. Don't read anything else. Just hit the buy button. Why not? The stuff you buy in the store is dense and blah. This bread has flavor. It is fluffy and it comes warm out of your oven. Wait, what you want the story first. Okay, fine. Okay, I know what she's saying. She goes, what, you want the story first? Okay, fine. (laughs) (laughs) There's a reason why we have so many starter sales. Sourdough GF Sourdough Starter Sammy. Let's face it, you're a freak. (laughs) (laughs) Let's face it, you're a freak. You're gluten-free and blah, blah, blah. I don't, or should I say, didn't understand you like so many other people. This is just one of those fads. Take something out and charge more. People don't understand you and this gluten-free thing and actually don't want to understand you. I was one of those people until 
Samantha. (laughs) (laughs) Samantha is my youngest son's awesome girlfriend. Sam is no pushover. She is strong, feisty, and bullheaded. I love her, but she announced she's gluten-free. Well, this was a few years back, and information was little at best, and I was not going along for the ride. Really? You can't eat gluten? What, are you going to die? Well, in her case, no. (laughs) She claimed she would swell up in the throat and get really phlegmy. Yeah, right. This is nuts. So since we all cook in my house, it was easy to sneak some gluten into her next meal. Ah, crap. She She did start to phlegm up. I didn't kill her, but I did feel like an uneducated jerk. So from that point on, we all learned to cook gluten-free when Sammy came to visit. It wasn't really hard, and basically I couldn't tell much difference except in the breads. Sam would even make a sandwich with two leaves of lettuce instead of gluten-free bread because bread back then was god-awful. Fast forward a few years, and I'm baking real sourdough bread every week and feeding the neighbors. One fateful day, I was giving my next-door neighbor a couple of loaves of bread, and she exclaimed how hard it was, how hard it is to watch her firefighter sons devour my fresh bread, and she could have none since she has to be gluten-free. She then asked, can't you make a sourdough starter that is gluten-free? With a tilt of my head, I knew my OCD and ADHD were about to set in. Why not? <laughs> All I need is gluten-free flour, and if my yeasty beasties can eat it and grow, we're on our way. Well, I did get lucky. She gave me five pounds of a very specific gluten-free flour in Manini's, took it home to the lab, kitchen, and I went to work. I have eight yeast cultures. Who gets the go-ahead? I really like the idea of using my San Francisco yeasties, but I have two, Sally and Bella. Hey, why not shoot them both in there? I did, and wow, they loved this stuff. Okay, let's bake bread. That's where it got tough. I want good bread, fluffy bread. What turned out was chicken food, a.k.a. I didn't like it, so it goes to the chickens. (laughs) What's going on? Why, why, why? Then all of a sudden, I hit on what I call great science or just dumb luck. Probably the latter. She goes probably the later. But I produced a great-tasting fluffy loaf of GF sourdough bread. I ate it. I liked it. Can I do it again? I did. And in all my glory, I took it over to my neighbor's house to give her a treat she hadn't had in years. Only problem was that her pregnant daughter-in-law, who had actually had to be taken in the emergency room because of all of a sudden she had really bad reaction to gluten, heard I had a warm GF bread and she devoured it in front of me. All I could think was, oh no, please don't die. (laughs) She didn't die, of course. And what I saw was another purpose for me in life. Bring warm bread back into the lives of gluten-free people. So there you have it. The story of why I created Sammy. Oh, it's called Sammy after Samantha. Oh. Okay. It's not the stories of Sally or Larry, which can be found on eBay under sourdough, but it's a real story and gluten-free people should be able to associate with it. So- (laughs) We tested it for a year, froze her, dried her, brought her back to life. We played with basic recipes, and we came up with our go-to recipe that is a basis for most of our breads that are gluten-free. When you order Sammy, you will get a dried starter. You will get instructions on how to bring her to life. You will get recipes and links on making gluten-free sourdough bread, and you will get my secret on how to make fluffy gluten-free bread. Note, do not use bean flour. It is disgusting. (laughs) 
We only use Manini's gluten-free multi-purpose flour available on Amazon or Pamela's gluten-free ultimate baking and pancake mix available on Amazon also. Although I've acquired both from my locals, local farmer market guys. Okay. I mean, this is a, and by the way, the owner of this store is named Chris. This is a man who wrote this. I thought it was a lady. Has to be, right? Yeah. But then men do get very into sourdough. And they love bread. Yes, very true. From what my limited knowledge of men, yes. And this is written with the sensitivity of a man, I would say also. <laughs> well, like because he tries to kill Sammy by sneaking gluten into her food. <laughs> yeah, and like, I don't know, like you're a freak. Like, I, lo- I mean, I yeah. do, I love this. I actually think I might order it because truthfully, I've always said like I'm not a bread person, but there is something missing in my life. And I think that, I, I do like sourdough. I'm not going to eat a loaf of it, but I kind of like it. Well, you could make a loaf, slice it, freeze the individual slices, and then when you feel like, actually, I really want like a toasted sandwich, then you don't have to – then you just have it on deck. That's how I feel a lot. Like I want a toasted sandwich. That's the feeling that I can't Yeah. move past, you know? But you guys, let me know. Do you think I should order this? I'm – this is it seems like a lot to maintain. Like when people yeah. bake bread, it's like their lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah, you'd have to feed them. I'm not keeping up with a new hobby, but <laughs> it's fascinating. Like the photos from the reviews, I mean, this shit is bursting. Like it looks we've amazing. got it does look good. The bread looks great. It's these like mason jars full of yeast just like bursting open that you know. I guess it does come down to, is this science for me? It's, I've noticed as well that the, oh, I don't know if this is directly from the gluten-free. If it is, it'll be very, very impressive. But the sourdough seems to have a good ear on it for sourdough bread fans out there. Yeah. Which is, I would imagine, probably one of the hardest things to replicate because obviously you want that like yeasty fermentation to happen you want that rise to happen that's really difficult with gluten-free bread that's why it's all like sad and flat and like dry 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 as a bone yeah Yeah. that's yeah and sourdough I feel like it's it's dry as a bone to begin with so it's like a perfect gluten-free bread yeah and they say that like sourdough is if you're gonna get a bread it's the most like calorie conscious bread also some people who have issues with gluten can eat regular sourdough bread anyway because the way it ferments so it's not as it's not as like harsh on the tummy Hmm. yeah I'm gonna have to look into this I mean guys check this out check out the description and let me know if you think that I can do this or if I'm because I'm pretty dumb like and that's the main thing that that's you have to follow that you have to follow that trail because like I'm not very good with directions. I'm not a good baker to begin with because I'm I'm a very intuitive cook, but not when it comes to baking. You cannot be an intuitive baker. No, you can't. It's a recipe for disaster. Mhm. So before I spend, it's on sale. It's only 7.19 for this. Before I spend 7.19 before shipping on this dried yeast. <laughs> let me know if you think that that's a good purchase for me. Yeah, and then you can, if you feed it, you can give it to people as presents like Connor Roy. <laughs> you can turn up with like gluten-free sourdough starter. Which one is Connor? 
He's the eldest Roy. Oh, the, the eldest brother. Dad. Okay, yeah. Old so guys, I've, <laughs> I've been watching. I know we are. You told me that before we started recording, and that's how bad I am with like different men. Like I have no idea. So I've been watching Succession, and I know the main three. But once we start getting into like Kendall's drug friend. And like these men at the office, like, and I can never remember the dad's name. I just call him the dad. I know now his name is Logan, but like, I don't, I'm not good with all these men. Mm. So does he bring, it was on season one, he brings yeah, a sourdough starter? It's in the very first episode where it's Logan's birthday and nobody knows what to get him. And so he brings him uh, a little Tupperware of sourdough starter. And he's like, yeah, you can make your own bread, dad. And he's like, mm, old bread. <laughs> and I think it's like a really, it kind of tells you, it kind of tells you everything you need to know about Connor Roy is that he's actually quite sweet and quite thoughtful. And what do you buy the man who can literally buy anything he wants? Just exactly. give him some old bread. Exactly. Well, wait, can I tell you my theory? Go on. I think that Cousin Greg is not a cop. <laughs> But I do think that, like, he is going to realize if he doesn't if he doesn't know. I'm, I'm only finishing season one now. There's just no way. When we saw his mom in that bed, I was like, she is in on this bitch. Like, and the Canadian uncle, Uncle Ewan or whatever. They're going to fucking take the family down, dude. No, and by the way, no one's getting. That's why that's why he showed up to the meeting and was like, I will never go against my brother. Like, this is this is to make sure that none of those shitty kids get it, right? I mean, I couldn't possibly say. Can you imagine how like disappointing this show would be if they were like, and we're gonna give the company to Siobhan? <laughs> like, it what a boring end to the show. It has to be either Greg is gonna get it. Or no one's going to get it because Greg's a cop. I love Cousin Greg. I do too. How could you not? I really do. I really no do. No wonder that boy is getting laid left and right. Left and right. <laughs> All over New York. My God. And doesn't he own a bar with Justin Thoreau, which just seems like the weirdest pairing. Oh, he does? Yeah, that's the bar that he keeps getting <laughs> – <laughs> he keeps getting laid at. Yeah, him and Justin Thoreau have got this little bar. Apparently he's there all the time and he be fucking. He, Justin Thoreau seems very around. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's – it seems like everyone in Hollywood is friends with him in some yes. capacity. And I wouldn't – yeah, I'm not surprised. Yeah, I mean good for him. Good for him for getting laid, Cousin Greg. Proud of you. <laughs> I'd be doing the same thing. And I, yeah. I haven't seen him get – canceled you know it's hard to be running around fucking that many people and not get canceled I know I I tell you what I do love my particular form of like guilty pleasure even though I don't believe in guilty pleasures but I do love reading kiss and tell celebrity stories when the celebrity in question has been really lovely so my favorite one was someone on reddit I remember reading who fucked Ray Fiennes and said that he was like the nicest guy and like just so lovely in the morning and like it didn't it was literally just a one night stand but apparently he was like such a total gentleman so whenever I see him I think good good for you Ray Fiennes where are you reading these kiss and tell stories well I think there was a good reddit thread a few years ago 
And then occasionally they'll sort of like resurface and pop up. You know, there's like an ask Reddit once a, once in a while that's like people who've like slept with celebrities. But, the, you know, some of them are like, yeah, okay, right, yeah, right. But some of them, like the Ray Fiennes one felt very like good and believable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can imagine there'd be a lot of fanfic in a thread like that. I'm going to look for that thread when yeah, we're done here today. It. Yeah. Go to bed with my stories. Yeah, although I would – have you ever read the book um, You'll Never Make Love in This Town Again? No. It's like a – it's kind of old now, but it's definitely worth it if you're interested in like a certain era of Hollywood. And it's not it, – it came out around about the time of like Heidi Fleiss's like moment in the sun, you know, when she obviously wouldn't give up her black book. But it's heavily implied that the person who wrote this memoir is was was connected to that particular – sort of set of sex workers in Hollywood and there are stories about Matt Dillon and Jack Nicholson and there are some like really dark stories and it's like it's a good like sex work memoir of like early 90s like late 80s early 90s yes okay wait there is a book that actually this woman just died Jody baby doll Gibson but she was known as she also went by the pseudonym Sasha of the Valley, according to Wikipedia. But she ran a she was, you know, it was she wrote a book called Confessions of a Hollywood Supermadam. Mm. And she doesn't name names either in the book, but it's a fantastic read. It's a little bit difficult to find. I think I had to find like a used copy when I like had to repurchase it on Amazon. I found like a used copy somewhere but it was a great read it's like a really easy read too it feels like Mm self-published and yeah I'm obsessed with that listen I'm all about it why not yeah why not oh it says Timothy Hutton Jack Nicholson Warren Beatty Vanna White John Peters Billy Idol Gary Busey Dennis Hopper (laughs) like all of the ones you know from a certain era would recommend Fantastic. Okay. So moving on to our next story, this is potential cheaters beware. (laughs) You put this in the document. Tell me, okay, so tell me about this whole thing. So I saw this video pop up on my For You page and I thought, God, the, the young women of today are just getting ever so smart with their sleuthing in a way that would be, you know, it's borderline terrifying, but really quite genius. So, uh, there's this girl called, uh, Lois Sanders, um, she is in her boyfriend's room. Uh, he's at uni and I think he lives in like, you know, university housing, whatever. So she said that she was like sitting on her boyfriend Finn's lap, like just kind of chilling. Um, and she leaned back and she saw under his wardrobe a uh, like a tampon, uh, not used, still in the wrapper and like a, a mascara. So she like <laughs> in the video, she basically gets on her hands and knees is like trying to get this like potential evidence out from under the wardrobe. And he's like, look, it's not, it's, <laughs> I've never had a girl in here apart from you. It's definitely like, it's probably someone who was the previous occupant. Cause you know, these uni houses, they have people kind of, you know, turn over every semester. So what she does to verify his story is that she takes, uh, she finds like a serial number on the outside of the tampon and she emails Tampax to find out more about like the date of where this would have originated from. So she emails them and says, hello, what is the code on the side of the individual tampon for? I have a tampon with the code 
and then the number, you know, 934520, you know, whatever. On the side, it's yellow regular. Can you tell me when this was manufactured? <laughs> I found this in my boyfriend's drawer, so I'm doing some investigation. Thank you. So Tampax comes back. Can I just say really quickly? Go on. I'm obsessed with this for like three, like three reasons already. I'll give you two. One, under the dresser, what a bozo. What a bozo. <laughs> like these are the things you think girls don't see, but we see it. And yes. like you'd and and frankly, you'd have to be blind. Like you'd have to be blind not to see that. But they're just not looking for it because it doesn't have anything to do with them. And it's so disappointing. It's so disappointing. Like, I don't know if you've ever like, you know, if you've ever dated someone like who's who just like went through a breakup or something and like there's just little like touches of things everywhere. It's infuriating because it's like clean your fucking place. Like get this shit out of here. Like. Do you think I enjoy walking around like, th- you know, like throwing out any stray pair of boxers that may have been left in some corner or like, you know, especially like under things like that's classic men are so like they just drop shit and don't look at it. How dumb do you have to be? What a dumb motherfucker to not look <laughs> under his dresser. Like if you can see under it, look under it, scour like yeah. you're not even a good cheater. Like what a dumbass. And then I love that Tampax. Always there for women. Always there for anyone who needs a tampon, truthfully. But the fact that they are, like, they're taking the emails and they're like, okay. I mean, she, the Tampax knows that she's trying to catch a cheat, cheater, you know? And they are, they're helping out. So shout out to Grace from Tampax. This is incredible social media work. (laughs) I would say as well, this, like... When you go into someone's home and you suspect that something is amiss, you can take law and order rules into account. E.g., if it's on display and you enter the domicile having been invited in, then anything is that anything within sight is fair game and potential evidence. Mariska Hargate did not die for this. Like, we all know what to do. Right, she didn't die for this. Did she pass? She didn't. She didn't. <laughs> Thank God. Okay, so she. Okay, so Tampax is in on it. They respond. Thank you for contacting Tampax. I'm happy to answer your question. The code on the wrapper or the box of tampons is a production code and indicates the date the tampons were manufactured. Based on the code you provided, the tampon in your photo was made on December the 11th, 2019. And then they kind of break down how to find out what the production code is. And then they tell you a bunch of like how to store the tampons. It's like a very, you know, they don't go get them jade or anything. It's like, you know, they should be left and stored in a cool, dry place. So basically, mm. he he has never had a girl in that room because he moved into the room after that day. Either that or it's a very old tampon. Well, did he move in when the dresser was already there? Yeah, because you know when you move into like student housing or whatever, they, the furniture is usually like comes with and it's like crappy furniture. It's like you get like a desk and a wardrobe and like, you know. So they're apparently still together. Happy ending. I'm calling bullshit. This feels like Tam- Tampax social media. You think? Kind of. I mean, like it winds up being a big nothing and it's 
a, I mean, it's a great ad for Tampax because we have like a really positive and not just a really positive, but like a really detail oriented customer service mm. thing. We also have the employee's name. I don't know. This feels a little like it feels like this. I mean, this is nothing. Basically, this girl found out she wasn't being cheated on and that this is built in furniture from like a previous you know what I mean yeah but I I don't know there's like a whole is that just a, there's a whole thing on the internet of like catching cheaters I don't know if you saw the TikTok of the woman who there's a video of her and this guy like she's in the sea and this guy like runs in to the sea and they're talking and she posts the video and she's like help me find this man like he came to the sea and talked to me gave me his number help me find him I lost his number I was a little bit wasted and the internet found him and it turns out this guy was fucking married. And then he made a video saying that like, that she had come onto him and he had no idea. And he like body shamed her and shit. And like, it was like a, oh God, it was like a whole situation. Like we, we live for this, we live for this drama. It's like, I guess the reason why couch guy was so viral. Yeah, we, we do. And that's why it's also perfect for like a brand to hone in on. And I mean, I saw another one this week that was this girl, this woman in like her bathroom and she had this like ogre green nail color Mm. and she was like, someone tell me, she's like one of my girlfriends, any one of you, I need you to tell me if you were in my bathroom because I just found this like chipped acrylic on my floor. And her nails were completely intact. And it was like, a, it was the same exact like ogre green on this nail chipping. And I, it just made me feel like this is a good OPI ad. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, many moons ago, I worked on, um, I worked on a, a video for body form, which is now like very infamous. It was like the first I, I like to suppose the first like viral lady lady feminine hygiene or people feminine hygiene product ad that went like viral it was the one where the woman responds to a Facebook post and I don't know like maybe things have moved on but I certainly found that like working with brands in this space they tend to be like so conservative like they're so terrified of taking like any real risk that I don't know if it was I don't know if it was fabricated but I know that they definitely like Tampax jumped on it because I think they're like the top comment on the video right now yeah well wait so let me watch the original TikTok and see if I buy if she seems authentic to me I've just found a tampon and a mascara on the Finn's wardrobe <laughs> he's in denial that it's that he's had a go here I'm not even joking <laughs> don't even get it out <laughs> Dust, there's not enough dust on it to be to be lit. Okay, so no, the way it's filmed seems organic, and I don't think Tampax would be like throw one of our tampons under this dusty, dirty. <laughs> yeah, because it's it's kind of like a grimy student room, right? Like it's so grimy. But <laughs> I'll say that, like, I don't know. I think brands are getting more bold. There was a follow up, by the way, on our Eminem story from last week. Did you see that people are saying that there's like a huge child labor dispute going on? Oh, yes. M&Ms. And so they came out and it's been like the M&M thing won't die. Like last night I was watching someone like Photoshop like massive jugs onto the green m M&M. <laughs> 
<laughs> Which, like, I, I love it. Like, you know, to see the Eminem get some, you know, get an ass you can see from the front and some massive jugs was a real fucking treat. But that, yeah, it, I mean, that went wild. And I guess they're facing a child labor lawsuit. I'm sorry, I don't have more information off the top of my head. But I don't know. I just think brands are getting a little bit more. I think a lot of like the traditional shit is getting completely abandoned because truthfully, most Tampax customers or most M&M customers or whatever, they don't even know about this shit. They don't even they have no idea that this is happening. This is for like younger people and freaks like you and me. (laughs) Yeah. And so like, why, why not participate? Yes. Yeah. In this. Yeah. And be smart for them to like comment. And also like, I would imagine that probably what happened is post this video going viral that like the Tampax PR team would have like, would have fed the story to like to the papers because it's on the Daily Mail and stuff now. And, you know, just for a, a very lo-fi ramshackle TikTok, they seem to be making the best out of it. She also seems to be laughing a lot for someone who thinks she's being cheated on, would go this far to email the company. And she her boyfriend is filming this and giggling, which to me is not how I would be like, get out of this room. <laughs> I'm calling one of my girlfriends over to film this or whatever. But like, she's like, ha ha. <laughs> It seems like he's cheating on me, which is like to me is like a weird attitude to take. I don't know if you know, you know, when women get like very calm, it's scary. Like I find this way more terrifying than her hitting the roof, like her like very calmly getting on the floor and like trying to pull this tampon. Yeah, you're right. There's something chilling about it to me. This episode is sponsored by Tampax. No, but it is. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I understand what you're saying. You're right. I think it's real. And I'm never a cynic, but I'm going to I'm going to be I'm going to say it's real. Gets my stamp of approval. Hurrah. So this next story. Oh, wait a minute. Have you ever caught someone cheating on you? Uh, no. Me no. neither. And I, no. it's not a credit to myself. I don't think that I haven't been cheated on. I think I've just been too naive to figure it out. Oh, no, wait. No, I did. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But I, but I wasn't really with, I wasn't really with the person as in like we were, uh, he was like very, he was like horrible and like emotionally abusive and manipulative and would never like make it official. So I would just like, I was very young and I would sort of pander. I love that. Don't you love when they, <laughs> when they keep you in the, the balance like that, where you're just sort of like, oh, we're not in a relationship. So technically I can't say shit about shit. Yeah. But yeah. it certainly feels like I'm being used as a girlfriend. It really does. And please allow me to be at your beck and call. Mm-hmm. I, I remember going there once and there was a, there was a hairbrush on the table and I was like, that's not my hairbrush. And then of course the real kicker was, I think I told you this, I'm not sure if I've told this story on the pod before, but he would sort of like periodically come in and out of my life. And he, um, when he was like trying to sort of slither into my life a good few years ago, 
I think he like, he was like trying to get back in my good graces, but I hadn't seen him for quite some time until that point. And I found out that he was getting married because he accidentally invited me to a Pinterest board of, of the, like, I guess that his wife was making, like he'd signed up for a Pinterest account and had done that thing where it's like, now invite your friends. And it emailed me and it said, you know, person's name, let's call him Kaiser Sose is on Pinterest. And I was like, what the fuck is Kaiser Sose doing on Pinterest? So I clicked it and then it said Kaiser and, you know, Guinevieve's wedding or whatever. And I texted him and I was like, are you getting married? (laughs) And he was like, yeah. I was like, holy fucking shit. You shouldn't be marrying anyone. That is fucked up. You were just literally trying to get in my pants. But anyway, they were married for a number of years. They had some children and now they're getting divorced. So, well, it's what he deserves. It's and what he deserves. yeah, no, well, first of all, can I just say going back to succession, reminder everyone, I'm just on season 1. That guy that Shiv is having an affair with, mm. that is that man, I would let that man ruin my life. I just know that that man would ruin my life, and I know why she went ahead and married Tom anyway. But I'm like, girl, just get with that guy. Just get with that guy. There's like a clear attraction there. Yeah. Just why Why wouldn't she just be with him? A lot of chemistry between those two. Yes, exactly. But I think exactly. rich people aren't supposed to marry people they love. I think that's the rules. But Tom's just some moron from like a dumb family. Oh, I don't know. Keep an eye on warm scams. Okay, I will. Okay, I will. Well, <laughs> this next one is we kind of just – I just got a little mini update on my – I don't know. I guess at some point I agreed for my computer to send me news stories. Ugh. I know. Oh, no. And so these little windows pop up all the time. I hate that. So before we get into it, this little update, which I haven't even read yet, let's talk about Spotify. I love – Stories about companies fumbling their fucking bag. I love it so much. And this is like just it's classic. Okay, so if you guys don't know, Spotify paid $100 million to have an exclusive contract with Joe Rogan, who like can still post little clips to his podcast channel on YouTube, which is like where everything blew up for him. Mm. And so They signed this massive deal with Joe Rogan. I don't know what the contract looks like, obviously. I don't know what it entails. But because he's been going on these long sort of like – it's been so long. It's been throughout this entire pandemic that he's just sort of trying to poke holes in everything about it. Mm. And the polio babies are – what are they? Were they polio babies? Smallpox? I don't know. Yeah, polio babies. So Joni Mitchell joined Neil Young in pulling their music from Spotify over vaccine misinformation this week, which is a huge hit to them in some ways. Like, is it the biggest hit they could have? No, but it's a huge hit to them. And these are also, God, I would say that these artists are... I mean, beyond legendary status, like where do you put where do you put people like this when we throw around the word icon and legend the way we do? I mean, these are like cornerstone yes. artists, I yeah. would say. 
Yeah. Especially Joni Mitchell. And them, you know, this is, you know, on the heels of all of those scientists writing an open letter to Spotify. And it's a huge, I mean, that's the closest we can get, I would say, like living to a generation that's been through something, anything even remotely close to COVID. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, so immediately when they did that, they lost $2 billion in market value. Like all these people were selling their stock. I mean, the stock just like plummeted. Yeah. And a lot of people have been asking like why Taylor Swift doesn't do something because she's been very like respect, you know, she's just been very respectful of this whole COVID thing. Like she's not touring until at least 2023. We know that. We know that in Dumois started some crazy rumor to the point that like my friends who were like not very online were texting me and saying like, they're saying Taylor's going to announce her tour today. I'm like, you don't know what I've been through. Okay. You have no idea what I've been through over this last year. (laughs) Every Friday is a different, it's a new hell. And I have reached a little bit of like Swifty fatigue, truthfully, where it's like, I can't do the Easter eggs anymore. Like post red, I'm exhausted. So (laughs) people are saying, why wouldn't Taylor pull her music from Spotify? Because that would really like shut shit down over there. I mean, you can say whatever you will about Taylor Swift, but she really is like, she's the Beatles. Like she is this person that is finally like being, I would say like minted as like real to a lot of like the white men who would probably dismiss her earlier on, a lot of the critics, whatever else. But like, she's known for being someone who blew up off of the energy of young female fans. And now she's in this position where she's so omnipresent in media that for someone like her to pull her music would be devastating to an app like that because it was bad enough when she wasn't on it in the first place. I think a lot of people got Spotify because she finally let them put her music on the app. But she but can't do that because no. she's in the, she's re-recording all of her music. So if she was to, she could pull the ones that she owns. She could pull Taylor's version, but she, but because someone else owns the majority of her catalog, she her music would still exist on the platform unless you know Scooter. Well, I guess Scooter sold it. Would be Shamrock Holdings that would have to agree to step away from the platform with her and like a, you know clearly buying Taylor Swift's catalog is like one of the worst investments of all time because she's just like whatever I own it so. You know, I wrote it all, so I'll make sure I own it. But yeah, like I'm trying to think of anyone else who could like Ed Sheeran could probably really hurt the app. Yeah, maybe. Drake? I also think Yeah, Drake. I just think whenever there's like a like a like a moral panic, like I I'm certainly not a Swifty, sorry to say, but I do respect her. I also I don't think it's like Taylor Swift's like responsibility to f- solve all of the world's problems. Like whenever something happens, it's like, but Taylor Swift could do something, and it's like she could, but like maybe ask someone else because like <laughs> I think you you know she should be allowed to not have to fix everything by doing. Here's the one thing I will say about Taylor is that she is incredibly aware of like the fact that she can do what she does because of someone like Joni Mitchell. Yeah. So I could see her doing that as like to stay. I mean, she's so beloved, I think by these older artists that I feel like she could actually 
like not just continue to and like ingratiate ingratiate herself to them, but like to you know, I mean, like listen the the whole like we're not voting for this you know Tennessee senator thing. That's that was like a a good first move for her, but this could make up for I think a lot of her laziness with being vocal about her priorities and beliefs, which I think is like that to me is like a pay to play thing at this mm-hmm. point. Like you have to stand for something to be an artist now. For sure, she's she was very neutral for a very long time, like like pretty quiet actually for you know not rocking the boat reasons yes like to the point that she had become like this sort of like nazi symbol i mean that's (laughs) like a whole thing where she was just like considered to be this like aryan princess because she never spoke out about politics she never she was always very safe and i know that that's what her like you know she's a milk toast democrat at best and i feel like her and while i don't think covid and the vaccines are political in any way. People have turned it into a political thing. And I think that Rogan is someone who's like kind of really doubled down on that in terms of making it political. Yeah. And so, and and it would be just one of many places where her true fans are eagerly willing to consume her music. But, you know, I could see even like Ariana being like a huge, like Ari could be huge for this because she got so many people registered to vote on her tour And she's always been very like openly political, but it's also, it's asking it to come at a huge expense of their career and they're like, you know, I guess their musical future in some ways. And someone like Joni Mitchell or Neil Young doesn't really have to worry about that. Um, Do you want to know what the most streamed artists on Spotify were last year? Yes. Grimes. (laughs) Thanks to me. (laughs) Bad Bunny was number one. I'm not surprised by that. BTS was number three. Drake was number four. And Biebs was number five. Who was number two? I talked over you. Taylor. Taylor. Yeah, I'm not surprised that it was Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny has a massive cultural reach for someone that like is not in the mouths of most, especially I would say white people of my generation. Like, (laughs) <laughs> Bad Bunny's massive, massive, yeah. massive, massive, massive. And I see that a lot. Like, like the woman who cleans my house was like ready to throw it all away to get Bad Bunny tickets. <laughs> He's massive. He was the most streamed artist in 2020 as well, like two years running. Guys, don't ever discount. Like, don't ever discount that. And then BTS is not surprising either, but BTS is not going to make a, a move. They don't even have that option because they are so owned yes yeah that's the other thing about a lot of the artists on that top five too except i would say yeah drake is probably not particularly owned as well yeah he he's actually he features in almost every every top five for like the last six years which is like dm i know it's kind of crazy he's so big right it is because like i always think that drake is kind of (laughs) <laughs> sound really harsh I think Jake is a, a joke but he does have bangers like don't get me wrong but like I thought the consensus was that like we were all sort of we all thought that Drake was a bit cringe but I guess many not Aubrey don't. not my Aubrey well okay so <laughs> yeah this is like how I feel about Drake he'll always be protected to me because he was under grass yeah and that's my life but yeah I mean no I think I think Drake is more of a 
Drake's made bangers, dude. Really has. He has those like very excellent beats. He has access to incredible beats. Yeah, and once every like two years, he puts out a song that everyone talks about for two years. Like yes. Hotline Bling, like what's up? What was the name of the song? In My Feelings? Yes. Huge. Massive. Like, and it's crazy to think that like he started, he was a young money artist. Like that was like really the peak is when it was like Nikki, Drake, when they were all together, that was like crazy. That was crazy. Just as for me as like a huge Nikki fan. Are you a Nikki fan? (laughs) (laughs) Pull up in the Sri Lanka. No, I, I, no, that actually does pain me, but I'm like Sachin, I would say, but I'm like the, I always say I'm the world's oldest Barb. Like guys. I snuck in to the Pink Friday cover shoot. You guys don't understand. I'm a fucking legend in this game, and I never talk about it, okay? You have no idea what I've done, okay? Get over it. So now Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, who no one wants to hear from. Sorry, I don't want to hear from you. I'm done. I don't want to hear from them. They're allegedly, because they have this $18 million deal with Spotify they are trying to like get him to drop Joe Rogan. And this is where I'm at. Like, cause like, you know, Liz Bentley, shout out Liz Bentley, host of Feathers in My Hair on the Solid Listen Network, which you're listening to right now. She said something on Twitter about how like, oh, like if Taylor Swift, you know, said she was leaving Spotify, that wouldn't just like get under Spotify's, skin it would get under joe rogan's skin i'm gonna go out and tell you guys if you think anyone is getting under that thick skin <laughs> literally looks like thick skin it looks like he is like it looks like his skin every layer of it is made of index cards okay that man has thick, thick skin okay you think anyone is getting under his skin? No way. There is no way. You could literally t- take his favorite childhood band and it would not affect Joe Rogan if they said, we're going to pull the music if you don't like shut up about this or that. There's probably something in his contract about not being censored, although right. they did take some episodes of his down, which we t- spoke about on the last episode, I think. They did take some of his episodes down before he moved to Spotify that with like, you know, very questionable figures. But for the most part, like I'm sure there's an an, an anti-censorship clause of some kind in his contract. So because I can't imagine why he wouldn't. You know, if you're doing a hundred million dollar deal, I feel like Joe Rogan would have been like cut 20 mil off that if you promise not to censor me. Yeah. I wonder, I've got like a couple of thoughts on this. I, I wonder when his contract is up and whether or not it'll be like a mutual decision to re-up with it. I would say no. Like it, I definitely don't think that once the time is, you know, once he's out of the golden handcuffs, I don't think he's, he would want to, nor would they want to kind of continue the exclusivity for like, a, you know, a number of reasons, but I think it's, uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think that's a thing. But also, did you know that Meghan Markle thing, Meghan and Harry thing? They got given like eighteen million to do their, you know, their series of whatever for Spotify, and apparently they haven't delivered anything. So Spotify's own in-house producers have essentially been tasked with 
kind of forcing them to like do the project like not even finish the project but like start the project which makes me think like this is how I would behave if I had a deadline which is that if I was Harry and Meghan and I hadn't done the work and then this scandal was happening I'd be like see this is why I haven't done the work because you keep having Joe Rogan on your platform and that's why we're not that's why we haven't done it not because you know for any other reason definitely not but that's why we haven't delivered (laughs) I would so use it as an excuse yeah no I would too I mean that's a perfect that's a perfect end I mean Okay, so I cannot find a number on how many years he signed with Spotify for. I just know that like it's a multi-year deal. What do you think that I mean that could probably be 5 to 10, right? I don't think that I mean it's it's probably it's it's 3, 5 or 10. Yes. And I look at it like well, it was serious, right? I am a subscriber to Sirius because I love Howard Stern. And I'll never forget like the shock in the guy's voice when I called Sirius to subscribe. And I feel like that's like so classic Sirius is that you literally like call on the phone (laughs) to say, hey, I want Sirius in my car. They were like, "Okay, so like, what do you want? And I was like, oh, I'm I want the Howard Stern package. And the guy was like, you want Stern? And I'm like, yeah, like this guy's a legend. Like, why don't I so fucking surprised? That like someone who was born in 1984 wants access to Howard Stern. Are you kidding me? And and I think that they're trying to form that sort of long-term relationship with him where it's like the way that you join Sirius if you want to listen to Stern is like you, why you would get Spotify premium. Right. But it doesn't seem like he – because like Stern, Stern was – pre-cancel culture era although like he's always been Howard Stern was like perma canceled yes yeah and Joe has no reason to not go for that because even if you're Howard Stern and getting like 500 million for five more years which is what he was doing I mean that's it's just a different it's just a different ball game I don't know but to drop two billion in a day is like I'd be looking over my books, truthfully. I'm not that strong. And so then. Yeah, as an AMC holder, I know how that feels. You know how it feels. And we go through it every day, babe. (laughs) So then Bruce Springsteen guitarist. And this is, I always love this. When like someone random tags on. And not that he's random. I mean, listen, Bruce Springsteen is also legendary. Yeah. But it's not Bruce Springsteen didn't say that. So Nils, is it Nils Lofgren? removed his music because of the lies and misinformation and then we find out today neil young gave his fans a free four-month subscription to amazon music which i thought was interesting amazon music because everyone's talking about the alternative is apple but i don't think anyone thinks about amazon music new right because bezos is i mean bezos's name is mud right he's a punchline i don't know if anybody genuinely wants to continue to line the pockets of Bezos, especially as he's doing this sort of like post-divorce dad routine out in public as well. I would have thought, I don't know, that wouldn't have been a nice, safe Apple. Lovely Apple. Apple's not going to hurt you. Lovely. Well, someone does and we'll get to that, but we'll get to who's hanging out with Bezos these days. But 
The thing that just came out was Spotify finally responds to Joe Rogan controversy with plan to add content advisory to their podcast that discuss COVID hours after their $25 million partners, Megan and Harry pressured them to pressure them with quote concerns over misinformation. I would like to think that this is not coming from Megan and Harry. Cause like, first of all, the numbers are all over the place. Is this 25 million pounds because it's daily mail? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Or no, maybe it was 25 million US and it's 18 million pounds. pounds. Yes, that would make more sense. Yeah. So I don't think that they're the reason why. And that makes me feel like, okay, like whoever's on the inside of that media machine, calm down. But they basically said that they're, yeah, they're going to add a content advisory, which does... It does make a difference because it is kind of shocking when you see like when you're just scrolling through TikTok and all of a sudden someone says like simply the word vaccine and then their their post gets like a COVID-19. Yeah, learn about vaccines banner on the bottom or whatever it is. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But I will say that for the crowd that hates vaccines and this sort of like what they consider to be propaganda the most that's just going to make them double down yes they'll be but the thing is it's like because we all exist in an echo chamber that whenever whenever there's any sort of if you feel like your views are being censored and oppressed that when someone tries to say well actually what you're doing is really harmful they go see this is what I'm saying the media are silencing us like I'm being, my speech is being threatened. Like I'm being oppressed. This is just further evidence that we're right because our views are so on the money that they have to try and silence us. It has the vibe of, do you remember when, I think it was, was it Nancy Reagan or was it Tipper Gore who put the parental advisory stickers (gasps) on every CD? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So it feels very like, and then people started to wear t-shirts that had oh. the parental advisory logo on it. That logo like, went hard. That was like a real moment in graphic design because that was the sickest shit. Hard. It went hard. <laughs> and like, that's the thing is that I think people like to feel like they are, it's such a lame, by the way, what a lame way to feel punk rock is like. <laughs> I am anti this sticker. Like everything about this sticker is what I am. Okay. Put the, I'm you need per, you need parents to be in the room if you're going to listen to me. Like that's exact like so like it's like it's actually quite anti punk rock to like feel like that's that's like the cool thing to do. But yeah, I, I it's it's giving like parental advisory sticker where it's like, yeah, I'm going to be that's counterculture. And maybe that reads differently than it did back then because I think truthfully the majority of artists who were affected by that were probably like rappers yes yeah and so that like has a different tone to it than than people saying like hey you're spreading misinformation about a deadly virus (laughs) (laughs) it's killed like you know a million Americans which is a lot of people it's a lot it's a lot. And so, yeah. And it's sad too. Cause like, I, I know someone who lost someone to COVID not that long ago and they were a good lifelong friend and it was sort of like, yeah, like it was a bummer. 
Like, it was a bummer. The dude was anti-vax. Like, it was a fucking, you know. But it was a real shoulder shrug moment because it's like, I don't know. It's like having a friend who, like, throws themselves off a fucking bridge. And not to, you know, I mean, I know that's, like, extreme. But truthfully, it's like, well, what did you expect? You threw yourself off a fucking bridge. Like, it's a bummer. The saddest part is is to see someone I love so much go in such a stupid fucking way. But, like... Mm -hmm you thought you could just like do something that you've had plenty of warnings about being lethal and get away with it. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, like I'm not here to like, truthfully, like, you know, I think everyone should be, everyone should be vaccinated. I really do think that you need to like give that a long look if you haven't yet. And I also don't know, you're not allowed to complain. That's my number one rule is like, if you're going to make like a stance about not being vaccinated, you're not allowed to complain. But when you're, when you're infringing on the rights of others, you can't complain. No, I know. It's it's uh, uh, unlike unlike hurling yourself off a bridge, though. Like, your decision very directly, like, affects people who don't even know you, you know. I mean, it's actually saying that if you hurl yourself off a bridge, a lot of other people are traumatized by it. But you could kill someone's nana. Yeah. And I would. You know oh, what? If this, if you're all lucky that my nana's already dead. Because the fucking tour I would go on right now, if someone yeah. gave my, if my Nana died from COVID, it would never end. I, that would be my villain. I'm the Joker. <laughs> I'm the Joker right now. That's how I feel about it. It makes me so angry. Yeah. So yeah, we'll see what like continues to happen. I do think Spotify is like, you know, they're considering, this is a long-term investment for them. The yeah. way that plenty of people over the years have canceled Sirius because Howard Stern says this word or does that or has this person on. Like, there's been, there's been like sort of moral lines drawn many, many times in history with figures in media. And it used to just be easier to get away with it, I, I think, you know, where it's like we're going to keep him and then there'd be like a little mini campaign to cancel your serious subscription because Howard still says the arsler, you know. Right. But he's like he's like Trish in a way like he there's the there's something uncancelable about him. Uh, yeah. And as much as I do, I, I really do. I admire Joe Rogan's career so much. I really do. I admire his career so much because like even when he's done things that are sort of lame, like you're like, that's the dream to be able to like do something lame and then balance it out with like your hobby monetized, whether it be UFC or this podcast. Yes. Sometimes for you're going to have to host Fear Factor. For a very unremarkable man, he seems to have had stratospheric levels of success and money. And I always do admire it when someone mediocre can do that. Like as a human, as an entertainer, when there's sort of something vaguely unremarkable about a person and they can be incredibly successful. In fact, I think most very successful people are in their own way a little unremarkable. And I think like Joe was even like banned from the comedy store for a while because he Carlos Mencia, is he the one whose real name is Ned? When he was stealing everyone's jokes, Joe Rogan got up on stage at the comedy store and like fully confronted him. Oh, wow. And was like, you come to these like open mics and you steal people's jokes or like you see comics that you admire and know are better than you working out their material and you steal, steal their jokes and you go out into the world and tell them as your own because you're a fucking fraud. 
And I, you know, you know me and my plagiarism. <laughs> okay. I get very upset about that. So, I mean, there's plenty of things over, over the history of Joe Rogan. I've really respected him, but this is just like wild to me. And I know what he's doing. It's just anyway. Okay. This is my favorite fucking story of all time. This is my, what we're about to cover is my favorite story I've ever heard. This is my, it's cause it, it feeds into everything. We've got schoolyard antics. This is schoolyard <laughs> shit. Okay. This is child bullying. We have absurdity. We have hypocrisy. We have, well, slander. We love slander on this podcast. Mm-hmm. We have Kim, Pete, Kanye, like major players in the game. So DJ Academics comes out with this podcast. I mean, do you? what do you know about him? I know nothing about him. He's just sort of like this guy that like I would say starts a lot of shit in the rap world. And pardon me if I'm like simplifying his presence way too much. But he's sort of like I think what Joe Budden has been trying to become where it's like he just goes on and says very strong things about people. But also in some ways is considered to be – I mean he's minted more. DJ Academics is like the Joe Rogan of fucking moron rappers. Okay? Okay. So (laughs) – He makes this, he makes this video saying that, well, let's just play his video. Yo, a nigga told me, yo, this is real talk. Kanye's been telling anybody within an earshot of himself how he could, he's trying to spread a rumor that Pete Davidson has AIDS. This, I'm telling you, this is a fact. I've heard this from eight people. He's telling everybody. I'm telling you, this is a fact. Bruh, if you got to spread a Okay. So Kanye is going around telling everyone that Pete Davidson has AIDS. Oh my God. It's so schoolyard. It's so schoolyard. Well, what I think is like interesting about this too, is that like much like DaBaby's conversation about AIDS this year, like I didn't realize that these dumbasses think that like it's a gay thing still. And so I didn't like I, you know, I hear Pete Davidson has AIDS. I'm thinking like, oh, yeah, like what I guess they're purporting that Ariana Grande gave him AIDS or like one of the many women that he's run through has given him AIDS. Right. Which, by the way, is like I love it when I love the AIDS call out mostly because it's like no one really like people get AIDS still. But you get HIV before you get AIDS. Yes. And HIV is now in this year, 2022, very, very treatable to the point of being undetectable. Like we have made huge advancements in the last like 20, 30 years. So you can basically be out there with HIV asymptomatic and not be able to transmit the virus if you are, um, if you're taking medication. And it makes me kind of sad, really, that like we're in a place where. In the 80s, like AIDS and HIV was so deeply stigmatized and especially within the queer community. And like now we're at a place where it isn't a death sentence and people are just living lives and deeply trying to destigmatize it. And then like there seems to be this like resurgence of <laughs> like shitty, shady, like like AIDS punchlines and here it's like, what the fuck? Like get a different thing. I, well, like AIDS is vintage to me. And it's I know so that that's, vintage. is that like insane to say? Like, I don't no. mean to affect anyone when I say that, like, 
respectfully, I feel like an AIDS slam is incredibly vintage. Like it's like, and I feel like it's not like mid-century modern, like this shit isn't coming back. Like, I don't feel like we're going to be in a place where we're doing like, you know, AIDS slams on the reg. But I did not think like when baby said all that shit about, you know, people with AIDS have to leave my concert. <laughs> which I'm sorry, I can't even say without laughing because it's so fucking dumb. Yeah. I did not take that as homophobic because I was like, oh, everyone can get AIDS like at this point. And so I didn't know it was like a homophobic thing. I just thought he was straight up being like, you know, Pete Davidson's runs through so many people. Also, he does have an autoimmune disorder and, you know, he's pale. Yes. Slender. Yes. It feels like an easy insecure boy lie oh totally I didn't think he was saying he was gay but then and and like by the way that's not even I feel like Pete Davidson would love that like the best part of this is that I know Pete Davidson thinks this is the funniest thing he's ever heard for sure like there's no way that this man is like you know worried that these AIDS rumors are gonna get crazy but then this is so interesting so when baby went on that whole rant I've always said like that's like the craziest way to tell everyone you have AIDS ever and because it just seems so personal right it seems so specific it was almost like someone like when someone tries to make fun of you but they're doing a joke that's so specific that you're like uh that seems like you've been there and like you're trying to yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So there's this clip from when Kanye was running for president, and he did that speech where he said that he told Kim to, or Kim said that she would, you know, maybe I should have an abortion. This is another line from this where he was afraid that he gave Kim AIDS, which very telling. This. Hmm. I remember that my girlfriend called me screaming and crying and I was just thinking because at that time I was a rapper, I was out there, I had just a girlfriend and everything and I just thought to myself, I want to word this in a way that, hey, I don't give a fuck, I'm going to word it like that this time. So my girlfriend called me, I just thought to myself, please don't tell me I gave Kim Kardashian AIDS, that's going to be a word. So he gets a call from Kim crying and his biggest concern, his go-to thought, which I think a lot of people like of our, like we're probably the tail end of people who really like right away think this way. Yeah. But I always say my motto has always been as soon as you stop worrying about AIDS, that's when it's going to creep up on you. Okay. And so that's always been my thing. Like, you know, we'd be at Boston College, you know, everyone was having, well, I don't know what everyone was doing, but I'll say that people were using protection for hookups, but there would always be a rumor like someone from Vanderbilt got AIDS. And like, you would be like, okay, like, wow, it can even happen to us. Like AIDS is going to sneak up on you in the night. It's going to catch you. You're you're not going to get AIDS. He's going to get you, you know? And so that's always how I, I've felt about it. So I understand this sort of like flagrant use of like this or this maybe this immediate thought. What I'm hearing is that Kanye does not get his dick swabbed. He does not get the blood taken. 
No, but I don't, we talked about this quite briefly last week, which is that I don't believe that Kanye fucks. <laughs> I don't, can't, I just, I mean, I think he does penetrate people, but Kanye doesn't fuck. No, Kanye can, no, he doesn't fuck. He doesn't fuck. And like, uh, like also it says a lot about you, I would say, if like your thought is that like you have had long-term untreated HIV to the point that it's turned into AIDS. Like where did it, where did it happen? Like, that's my question is like, where does he think it happened? And like, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, he, I mean this, and this is in the context of Kim saying that she's pregnant. So obviously they fucked once, but yeah. yeah. Or at least twice. Oh, I'm, do you know what I'm just thinking though? Is this like a, another, like, shade towards like amber rose let's say because didn't he say that he had to take like he said like oh i took like 50 showers after i was with amber rose before i was with kim this idea that like he divides women into like women worthy of like treating well and women who he deems not to be and meanwhile we know that like the main person who got fucked in in Amber and Kanye's relationships are Amber's fingers but like you know and not to shame that not to shame that but like it just is so yeah it's so it's so out of pocket it's so out, it's like delicious like I don't know what it is about this this is my favorite story I've ever heard and it's like so childish if I could start like a six part podcast on how Kanye is spreading a rumor that Pete Davidson has AIDS like I would because it's so it's it's brilliant so I saw one of my favorite things that made me literally like cry when I was reading it on Friday was Kanye's Reddit had a post called New Rule, <laughs> Pete Davidson has AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> and again, this is not to make light of, of it's just absurd. Like, it's, it's just so absurd. Stupid. I feel yeah. like, I feel like probably, you know, Pete Davidson and potentially the AIDS community are laughing the hardest about this because it's just so fucking child-ish. And then, so then there was this woman, this woman I love on Twitter. She goes by Lil Bitch. She coincidentally like redirected her following to this Reddit thread that you guys should go through about how Pete Davidson has run through every famous woman alive, which is just, that's like always a great read, that kind of thing. But Kim and Pete have been on this little tour. Like, they've gone house hunting together recently. Kim just met with Hillary Clinton and Chelsea. And they also, they met with Jeff Bezos. They, Pete's like missing half of one of his friends. One of his teeth? Yeah. And she's wearing Vans now. She's wearing Vans. He has a partial tooth going to meet John Mulaney and Olivia Munn's baby. Like, it's been a crazy week for them in in amidst all of that. (laughs) Pete Davidson shooting down AIDS rumors. Like, it's just, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy. Like, it's kind of crazy. I do think, though, we are getting to a place where we have to actually consider that Kanye seems, is starting to come off like a family annihilator. Oh, I mean... I, I think I sent it to you, didn't I? The like diss track where he talks about his fucking kids. So I was like, why are you making a diss track about your kids, bro? Like, this guy yeah. good. He made a he made a diss track about how he's gonna gonna get his wife back, about how he's gonna kick Pete Davidson's ass, and how his kids are too bougie and need to be humbled. <laughs> yeah, and how he wants them to eat ramen. It was very um, very strange. Very very strange. 
He's going through it. But like the craziest thing is like, I don't see this as him going through like a manic episode the way that like other times I see him going. This is like all ego. I don't think this is mania. I think this is like him. Maybe even I don't know if he's medicated right now or not, but maybe even medicated and having like a just going through it. Are you going to watch Genius when it comes out on Netflix? I think it's in a couple of weeks time. Is that his documentary? Yeah, it's like a four-part epic documentary that's basically like the fall of of Yay. Like it's it's like features a bunch of it looks I mean it's killing it at Sundance right now. And it looks kind of really interesting actually because in the trailer you see a lot of like young Yay. There's a little clip of him and Donda and it's all very like you know, VHS tape, like whatever. And I think, yeah, I think it's a four-parter. Apparently the Netflix deal was like $30 million to distribute it. And I don't know, I don't know exactly when it's coming, but I remember reading it was like mid-fab. I'm kind of hyped for it. I'm hyped for it too. I will say that I'm definitely, yeah, I'm definitely going to watch that. I mean, I'm a massive Kanye fan. I am. Like there's no way around it. I can't even mince words about it. Like I just, I do love Kanye's music. Yeah. Like since a uh, college dropout, like I saw him for five dollars when he was performing at Boston College for college dropout. Like I've just I've always been a massive Kanye fan. I've seen him live probably more than any other artist. OK, but that that said, you know, yeah, it's it's interesting. It's I'm I'll probably watch it. I'll probably watch it. I still have not gotten, though, my two hundred dollar Gap Parka that I ordered the night that it came out from the first drop for. Yeezy for Gap. And that was, what, a year and a half ago? I I have to tell you an interesting interaction with Kanye's story, but I have to tell you off mic, which I know is a really annoying thing to say on a podcast, but I have to tell you off mic, and if we deem it that it might be okay to tell, then maybe I could potentially tell it. Um, Well, that said, I feel like this is a good place to end this episode of Trend Lightly. If you guys are interested in any of our stories, please make sure to go check out the description where I have them all linked. Buy our merch. We're at solidlisten.shop, I believe. And all of that will be linked below. Go follow us on TikTok and all that stuff. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Shawty that look like a Delta G Every girl in here ten, but it ain't no Tennessee And you might just get some money, but it ain't no guarantee Delta G's on the left, Delta G's on the right And you know I stay in Texas, I don't really like to fight Like we in 2013, Shawty do it for the vine Shawty moving real well, I might have to wind it down Threw the money to the center, now watch it hit the flow Now rack it up, huh? rack, rack, rack it up, king, bag it up huh? Back, back, bag it up, king, stack it up Stack, stack, stack it up, she said, where you at? Sam Marcus down in Texas And if I drop a pin Best believe that she on the Thought way she was important But I moved her right about the way Delta cheese tonight Told her baby I got cheese tonight Get the scholarship I ain't smoking on no TAC Low tolerance All these ladies telling me I'm finna blow Like they tell her Shout out TurboTax tax refund What's another bag? Like the quarterback at recess No rush You gon' end up like a Call of Duty mission No rush This ain't UT White shirt orange like a pumpkin Mama call me, ask me how college is I said bus Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. 
Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world that ours is not a loving God and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.